I am pleased to say that I have found without doubt such a person. Tonight, it is my honor and privilege to announce that I will nominate the Y'all Show with John Rawl to come on the radio right now and give you a full two-hour dose of great information about the South. Yes, welcome into the Y'all on a Tuesday, and we're kind of channeling Donald Trump there in the beginning of this show. As we saw Monday night, he nominated Judge Brett Kavanaugh from the U.S. District Court in Washington, D.C., to be the next Supreme Court Justice, the 53-year-old, a native of Washington, D.C., getting a chance to fill the seat of Judge Kennedy there in the Supreme Court. And that will be an ongoing thing. In this first hour of y'all, we're going to bring on to the program Michael Wells, Jr. He's an attorney in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and he has the blog Southern Lawyer NC, and he also hosts the Legal Fact and Fiction podcast that you can find in iTunes. We've invited Counselor Wells on, and he's going to come on in just a few minutes and share his thoughts on the selection of Brett Kavanaugh as the next Supreme Court Justice and we'll get his take on other things going on in the world of legal action and politics as well, perhaps with Michael Wells Jr. in this first hour of the Y'all Show. And the second hour of today's program, we'll have the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hearman's back on with us. He's got a couple of Texas spots he's kind of scouted out and has a lot of knowledge on. And so I'm anxious to hear what he has to say about these two places that you can go to and, and pig out, whether it might be out on a brisket or some saucy East Texas barbecue. All that is coming up in hour two. Plus, we'll have a preview of the SWAC conference. They are about to kick off football in about six weeks in the SWAC conference as the Panthers of Prairie View A&M are going to get it going. We'll tell you who their opponent's going to be. All that in hour two. Plus, a player for the Alabama Crimson Tide is shown the door by Nick Saban. And we'll have information on that in hour two in our sports lanyap feature. Plus, the Carolina Panthers now have a new owner. And the Charlotte Hornets bring on a San Antonio Spurs legend to help them out in the NBA. All that coming up in hour two. To start the show off on today's y'all program, hey, how about the rescue effort in Thailand? They're successful. They got all the 12 boys out from the soccer team and their coach who ought to be tarred and feathered for ever, ever taking the kids into the cave that, that ended up being flooded. But luckily, good news, the Lord answered prayers. They got them out. Only one person died during this effort that I know of, and that was the Thai Navy SEAL who drowned trying to help the kids out. But it could have been much, much worse. And this is a good story. It didn't happen in the South, but it happened in Thailand, and, and we're all thankful for what could have been a real tragedy turned out to be a very good result in Thailand. Now to the south. And in Mississippi on Monday, a 20-year-old man stabbed his mother and grandmother in a social security office and then was shot to death by a security guard there. Pike County coroner Jason Jones said Brandon Carter died of a gunshot wound Monday after he went into the office with his loved ones. And they had come from Foxworth, about 40 miles east of Macomb, where his mother and grandmother were in stable condition as of Monday evening at the Southwest Mississippi Regional Medical Center in Macomb. And it was an ugly scene there as this man 
went uh, and stabbed his mother and grandmother at the Social Security office in Macomb, Mississippi on Monday. In Georgia, Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle is in a fight for the governor of Georgia job, and he's got an audio clip that's been leaked by Secretary of State Brian Kemp's campaign in the leak that came out this week. There's a quote that said, the issues you talk about are the issues I care about as well. The problem is in a primary, and you and I are talking off the record, Frank, uh, they don't give a S word about those things. Okay, in the general election, they care about it. Okay, but they don't care about it in a primary. This primary felt like it was who had the biggest gun, who had the biggest truck, and who could be the craziest. And those are the words uh, coming out from Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle. I remember in this Georgia Republican primary, there was one of the candidates in the primary had a deportation bus that he was driving around Georgia, and got that got some media attention uh, in in Georgia. The runoff between Cagle and Kemp will be decided on July 24th, and they're going to have a formidable opponent on the Democratic side whenever that gets to be in the in November. And uh, that's still got to get through the Republican primary. Abrams, I believe, is the Democratic opponent's name, and she is a black female, would become the first flat black female governor if elected in Georgia in November. But, yeah, things heating up in the Georgia governor's race, at least on the Republican side. In Kentucky, we, we saw the latest episode of this kind of new thing of embarrassing Republicans embarrassing Trump aficionados when they're out in public. As Mitch McConnell was back in his hometown of Louisville, and when he was out to eat at, at a Kentucky at a restaurant there in Louisville, he got chance of no justice, no peace, and a recording of Fight the Power while he was trying to have a meal. And he also faced similar protests outside another Louisville restaurant Saturday and at Georgetown University last month. And I remember seeing the video of his wife, who is a secretary in the Trump administration, secretary of transportation, I think. She was embarrassed when she came out of a D.C. restaurant, and he had to come help her out. But an ugly scene there for Mitch McConnell when he's back in Kentucky facing off against protesters when he was out in public. And along that same token, remember Steve Bannon, who was in the Trump administration as a consultant? Well, now he was in his hometown of Richmond, over the weekend, and a bookstore owner had to come to his rescue after Bannon was being heckled in the bookstore. And the bookstore owner, owner of the Black Swan Books, Nick Cook, told the Richmond newspaper that uh, he saw a woman confront Bannon in the store and calling him a piece of trash. Bannon was simply in there looking at some of the book selection, was really not even trying to be noticed when this woman noticed him. And and really, in a bookstore where I guess you kind of are supposed to be quiet, this woman was causing a scene, and the owner got the police to get her out of the store, and nothing too severe happened. But still, just another incidence of someone raising their mouth in public at someone from the Republican side of things. And Ben, of course, has been in the news a lot for being on the edge, on the fringe, and he is a uh, former White House strategist for President Trump. But back in his hometown of Richmond, he, and actually, Bannon's been overseas for many months. I, I don't know exactly what all he's been doing, but in a lot of ways, he's kind of been out of the American spotlight for a while. And he was back, I guess, for the 4th of July 
in Richmond, his hometown, as we said, and just out looking at books, and someone didn't like that. And New Orleans, this is a really different, uh, sad, it's, it's a sad story, but it's creepy as well. And you can't really talk about this without seeing the picture, but a, a young man, 18 years old, was gunned down two weeks ago. Renard Matthews killed in New Orleans, which has a horrible, horrible record of young ones losing their lives. Well, he loved to watch TV, and he loved basketball. So, Labatt Glapion Funeral Home decided to take Matthews' body and put him in a chair instead of in a casket wearing a Celtics jersey he's got glasses on and a hat backwards and just kind of laying back in a chair and they've got a remote in his hands and if you didn't know any better you would think this young man was sitting there watching TV but it's actually a deceased 18 year old that's been embalmed and they've got a bag of Doritos beside him, and they've got the television on with NBA action going on. And you can see in the background chairs of this funeral home. Very strange, very, very sad that this uh, young man lost his life. He was a big Boston Celtics fan, so the picture has him wearing a Celtics jersey and Celtics socks. But, yeah, he, he uh, Renard Matthews killed in New Orleans and his family remembering him as they've had his body prepared in this way in New Orleans. Look at him up. I can't really talk about it without you seeing the picture for yourself. In Florida, a man is going to uh, lose his house because he would not pay a fine for having a U.S. flag on his porch. The Homeowners Association forced him to sell his house. Larry Murphy was at the Tides Condominium Association meeting and said that his object was an unauthorized object on his front porch. It was a 17-inch American flag that was placed in a flower pot. And they asked him to remove it, and he refused to. And in this retirement community in Sweetwater, Florida, they're now saying that this is going to cost him his house. And he sold his home because of the mounting fees and a lien placed on it by the Condominium Association. He's suing for $1 million. Going back to what we talked about on the Monday edition of Y'all, the people in their First Amendment rights. I mean, a 17-inch flag and a homeowner association is making that big of a deal. It's a U.S. flag. Lord knows what it would have been if it had been some other kind of flag, like in our next story here on today's headlines. South Carolina, can you believe it's now been three years since the state of South Carolina ordered the Confederate flag flying in front of its state house to come down because they passed a law that they were going to create a Confederate flag memorial at the South Carolina Confederate Relic Room, which is nearby in downtown Columbia. Three years later, nothing has been done to the flag. They got money sent to the Relic Room for this display and nothing has been done it's as if they don't want it to be done but it's a lie they passed the law 
that was supposed to be done, and they're not doing anything because they're chicken. They won't do what they were supposed to do in South Carolina. Monday, Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, she sent a tweet out saying, a friend shared this with me this morning. Hard to believe this was three years ago. And yesterday, Monday, was the three-year anniversary of Haley signing the law, making the flag come down to then go to the museum and be properly displayed. Taking that flag down has done nothing uh, to help. It's only helped one person in South Carolina. One person has benefited from the flag coming down, and that person is Nikki Haley. When she took that flag down, she became the darling of the establishment, that she was willing to go against her own Republican base, her own people, to remove the Confederate flag. She became a hero, and they use that every time in her bio about, oh, she's such a leader. The flag wasn't hurting anybody. It was actually voted to be in front of the State House in Columbia by one of the Emanuel Nine victims. State Senator Pinckney was assassinated by the young man who killed those nine people in Charleston in 2015. He voted for the flag to go in front of the State House because South Carolina was forward thinking at the time. They've removed the flag from the State House dome, put it in front of the Capitol, but they also erected the nation's first black history memorial on the state house grounds. I don't know of another state that has such a monument for black history, but South Carolina's got one. And so moving the flag and making that memorial was what we call in America a compromise. And it was okay. It was fine. But Nikki Haley, by taking the flag, she became the darling of some of the weak Republicans out there that are looking for that champion of the 21st century. And trust me, she's taking it to, to an extreme. Finally, on the headlines across the Southeast, in Music City on Monday morning, Garth Brooks announced that he's going to have the first ever concert at Notre Dame Stadium in South Bend, Indiana. Legendary Irish football coach Lou Holtz was on hand in Nashville for the announcement. No date's been set for the concert, but it should be a big one, and it looks like it probably will happen before the start of football season, but that's just a guess. No timeline yet on this concert, and if you're a fan of the Alabama Crimson Tide, it sounds like they are trying to work this out to have the first ever concert at Bryant-Denny Stadium with Garth Brooks, so that's not official, but South Bend, they did announce it Monday, Garth in Notre Dame Stadium. Should be fun. And football's coming soon. We'll talk football in hour two of the Y'all Show as we'll preview the SWAC conference, the conference of the Grambling Tigers, the Jackson State Tigers, the Alcorn State Braves, and Alabama State Hornets, and more. All that's coming up in hour two. Up next on the Y'all program, Michael Wells Jr. is going to stop by and tell us about the selection of Brett Kavanaugh as Donald Trump's nominee for Supreme Court Justice. That's ahead on the Y'all Show with John Rawls. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. 
moving expenses? There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I'm as happy as a clam. Disclaimer. GEICO cannot guarantee you will be, quote, as happy as a clam, unquote. The GEICO legal team cannot accurately verify clams even experience the complex human emotional state known as happiness. As an invertebrate mollusk living half submerged on the ocean floor with no arms, legs, or wireless access, what's there to be happy about? A clam's all like, oh, I'm so happy I didn't get turned into New England clam chowder today. Pronounced regionally as chowder. Chowder. Oh, that's so fun to say. What were we talking about again? GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. up shut down baby it was pitiful anyhow it's over now we owe it to ourselves to have a little fun the pace cars pacing now the And we're back into the Y'all Show, the show all about the South. And we cover it all here on the program with news, opinions, sports, cooking. We got the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue coming up in hour two, Matt Herman. So hang on for that. Make sure you got a little food in your belly so you don't go too nuts. Listen to him talk about delicious brisket and other forms of barbecue. All that is ahead on the Y'all Show. And Right now, we're going to focus on the Supreme Court decision made by President Donald Trump on Monday night as he picked Judge Brett Kavanaugh to be his pick for Supreme Court justice. And from the world of law, we're going to go to North Carolina, where they do barbecue pretty good in the, in the old North State. We're going to welcome in Michael Wells, Jr., legal fact and fiction podcast czar to the Y'all program. Welcome into the show, sir. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. You do do barbecue, correct, in North Carolina, right? We we do. We um, I mean, there's a, a debate about whether <laughs> people like oil and vinegar or tomato based, and um, I can go either way on that. Yeah, one. I don't I don't blame you. It, it's just they're all they're all good as long as it tastes good. I don't care how it how it looks or feels or or smells or anything like that. But 
Michael, I wanted to first dive in here before we, we talk about what sure. you have going on in the World Wide Web and such. Last night we saw Brett Kavanaugh come out at the White House and be introduced by President Trump. And this, if this uh, nomination is affirmed by the Senate, he will be the new justice here in a few months. Your thoughts on the selection of Kavanaugh as a Supreme Court nominee? Uh, I mean, I think it's not surprising, and I, I'll tell you why I think that is. I mean, I think that he's Brett Kavanaugh has been uh, in the D.C. Court of Appeals for 12 years now. Uh, president Bush, uh, second President Bush, uh, appointed him. And um, if you look at, uh, of course, there's a lot of uh, opinions out there um, written by uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, and so there's a lot for the, the Senate to eventually wade through. But I think um, from an ideological standpoint, uh, he tends to be uh, more to the right, which you would you would expect, given sort of the pressure from Trump's base that he would um, that he would pick someone uh, pick someone like that. Um, he's written a number of other things about sort of presidential power and. Uh, the president should be be able to be free from indictment and not being sued and um, and all that kind of stuff. And so I don't know how much you want to really read into that. Uh, but in terms of, you know, given the investigation that's going on with uh, special counsel uh, uh, Robert Mueller, um, that has to be um, going on in Trump's mind about, you know, if this eventually went to the Supreme Court, let's say hypothetically uh, Mueller were able to get an indictment. Um, would the Supreme Court eventually, uh, what's called quash the indictment, if that eventually happened? I don't know if that's going through his mind. It, it would have to be anybody that's under um, that type of investigation. That's the first thing that that I've been able to figure out about sort of when you read through all the commentary on it. That's the thing that continues to to pop up quite a bit. Um, of course, there are issues about you know whether or not Roe v. Wade will continue to exist or if they'll overrule it completely or just continue to gut it um, to the point where it doesn't have any power at all. Um, issues about Obamacare, whether or not that'll continue, um, big business type interests. Um, those those are all the kinds of issues uh, that are going to come up and that I've seen a lot of commentary on about all of the potential nominees. And then since um, Kavanaugh was picked, um, those are the types of issues that are going to come up in a Senate confirmation hearing. It's going to be extremely contentious, I think. Um, I don't know if we will have seen uh, this, what I think is going to be this contentious of a, uh, a confirmation hearing since since Bork, or since, uh, Bork was back in the 80s. Um, I can see it being really uh, contentious and whether or not it'll play out before the midterms. I'm not sure, but that's something that's in the background, too. So it's definitely an, an interesting, <laughs> interesting time period. Right. Well, Michael, you are an attorney, and this is something I guess is still kind of uh, a little bit weird for those of us who aren't in the legal profession. Is it a daily struggle for lawyers, judges, anybody in the field of law to have this, what we see playing out every time there's a Supreme Court nomination, the interpretation of the Constitution? The people that mm -hmm. follow it word by word, or does it give you, I think they call it a living, breathing constitution, if you believe right. that it can change. Is, is that every day in, in the world of law? And, and that's a great question. And what we, the, the Constitution is something that sort of, I think of it as kind of up in the 
ether, as they say. It's it's it has some bearing on things, but it's not something that people deal with on a day to day basis. I mean, it is kind of the basis for all of our law. But for the most part, you don't see it affecting the practice of law as much, at least the type of cases that I handle. I do a lot of Social Security disability and then do personal injury and workers comp and some veterans cases. So we see some effect on 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 the law, but but not a whole lot. But where I think you see it affecting people, uh, you know, and when you have issues about, um, you know, reproductive type issues, uh, th- those are the areas that and then, you know, issues about unions and, you know, whether or not somebody has to be in a union uh, employer employee type relationships and how it affects those relationships you see sort of on a more it's a little bit more direct than um but it, it is it's there but you just don't deal with it directly as much i mean it's one of those things where you think a whole lot more about the constitution when you're studying it in law school um than, than you may in the practice of law is a very practical uh profession so you don't don't deal with it as much, but people have different differing views on, you know, whether or not how expansively the the Constitution should be read or how narrowly uh, it should be read, and really, it's kind of a philosophical uh, discussion um, until it it affects people on a more direct basis. Now, are you one of those fellows that walks around with a copy of the Constitution on your person? <laughs> I do not. Interestingly, I do have. I, well, I should. I, I actually <laughs> got a copy that was sent to me um i went to university of virginia undergrad my political science yeah go who's um my professor larry sabato sent me Ah, a copy and it has the founding documents and i guess I, i have that in my briefcase so i guess you could say that i carry it around but um I'd, I'd like to say I actively pull it out and read it when I have a chance, but but I don't. Every just, now and then, just for some light reading, right? Just for some light light reading. But mm-hmm. yeah, so it's um, there are people that carry it around, um, but I don't know a whole lot of people that that claim claim to do that. They're, they would be more studious than I am about it. Well, I thought you were going to tell me, and if if no one's done this. They should, because in the world where people seem to be doing this every day more and more, I'd like to see somebody get the Constitution tattooed on their body. That that would be newsworthy right there. I would think that it would be, and I, th- I think it would take um, – I'm trying to figure out how they would do it and where they would start the preamble. That would be <laughs> – maybe they would want that in a real visible place, because that's probably what most people think of as the um, – you know, when they, when the, the preamble and then they probably don't haven't read much past that. Yeah. Well, I, I don't have any tattoos, but if I had to get one, uh, a lady friend of mine that I know, she has a really neat tattoo. Speaking of the government, her tattoo on near her elbow area is the cancellation stamp you get from the post office when you send a letter and, <laughs> and, it, and it's the, the city she was born in and, and the date that she was born on. So it, oh, wow. you know, it just kind of is a reminder of where you were born and, and, and the date kind of neat. Right. So that is, that, and, and that's better than whatever else people get tattooed these days. True. True. We're talking they have a way of migrating. That's right. <laughs> Michael Wells Jr. Is our guest here on the y'all show today. And he is the host of legal fact and fiction. That's a really neat podcast where he dives into the world of legal 
ease and much more much more we'll talk about that coming up here on the program but we're discussing right now the selection of Brett Kavanaugh by President Trump to be the next Supreme Court justice taking the seat of Justice Kennedy what were your thoughts on how Kennedy did on the Supreme Court I think that Kennedy was a sort of a historically had been sort of moderate um, was kind of the swing vote on a number of cases and was the uh, the the one that you know he could go either way. And I think that was what his at least from if you can discern any type of legacy, uh, that was sort of the way that he was viewed as he was historically had been considered uh, conservative, but that I thought he was a little bit more more centrist. Uh, and and it, it would appear at first glance that Kavanaugh is going to going to continue sort of more of a right wing uh, right uh, trend. Uh, in the court. But, you know, again, you never know. I mean, I know when um, Earl Warren was nominated, uh, he was thought that it was he was going to be pretty conservative and he ended up being uh, being very liberal. So you, you can't completely tell what somebody's going to do. I mean, you look at their past judicial history and that can be somewhat of an indication. But, um, yeah, I think I think Ken, it's safe to say Kennedy's legacy has been more of a more of a centrist. And Michael, when you're in law school and, and all that, do you kind of pick up on those fellow classmates and such? Maybe you were one of them that had the potential to rise one day and become a Supreme Court justice. Oh, I, I wish that I was the, uh, the the potential to do that. But I mean, I, you, you do see some people that, you know, you think may uh, that they may or have certainly have great legal minds and are really like the theoretical part of it, but that have some sort of a grasp of the, the practical nature of law. I mean, ideally a judge, a, a good judge, uh, both at the sort of local level and the federal level is someone that can think in that kind of higher level abstract thinking, but then be able to tie it to something that's practical because the law is supposed to be practical. But usually when somebody gets on the Supreme Court, you know, they're from a handful of law schools and they've done very well in law school and they're editor of the law review and clerk for a federal judge and then maybe a Supreme Court justice. So people, it's a very, very competitive, uh, competitive thing uh, to, to, to become, obviously to become a Supreme Court justice. There's a certain, certain, uh, certain pedigree. I went to Wake Forest for law school, which is a great law school, but I don't think Wake Forest has had a, a, a Supreme Court justice yet. Um, but they usually go to either Harvard, Yale, Stanford, Columbia. Um, you know, there's a there's sort of a handful of schools that uh, that, that are that are usually usually picked. I know that uh, um, Brett Kavanaugh went to, to Yale for law school and had a, a, what you would expect, a sort of a stellar academic pedigree. Mm -hmm. And also in and this was a little bit unusual. The high school that he went to there in Washington, D.C. was also the same high school that judge neil gorsuch also went to i think they were two years apart between the two of them so these yeah. these fellows have known each other since they were kids right and, and and one of the things i've noticed is there's kind of a collection of you know certain schools and then certain clusters of people that all seem to sort of know each other when it comes to powerful people and people that are have influence there the circles get smaller and smaller i've noticed yeah so. Well, we'll take a time out here on the program. When we come back, we're going to continue talking with the host of Legal Fact and Fiction, Michael Wells, Jr., and we'll kind of talk about some of the items he's discussed recently on his podcast. 
and we'll dive more into the selection of Brett Kavanaugh, the appointment that President Trump has for Supreme Court Justice. The Y'all Show will continue after this. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. What do you hear? Most people just hear an engine. We hear a 6.2 liter Hemi V8 with a supercharger that accelerates so fast, it'll suck the air out of your lungs and knock you back in your seat like you're an astronaut in a rocket ship hurtling through the stratosphere. But then again, we're not most people. We're the Brotherhood of Muscle. Dodge. Domestic. Not domesticated. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. And we're back on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. 803-816-1170 is how you can reach us anytime via telephone or text. We'd love to get your opinion. And if you have a legal question right now, we encourage you to give us a ring as we have Michael Wells Jr., the host of Legal Fact and Fiction and also Southern Lawyer NC, a blog about his thoughts on the world of law and such. And he's joining us from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and we're talking about the selection of Brett Kavanaugh to be the next Supreme Court Justice. He's got to get actually approved by the U.S. Senate, but he's now the nominee, and we'll go through that process. And, Michael, this is going to be a couple of months long. Why does it take so long for a Supreme Court Justice to go through this process? And it's I think what it is, from, from what I've been able to gather, is they have to vet that justice. They have to... In particular, when you have a judge who's written a lot of opinions, uh, the the Senate uh, has to be able to go through and read to have their staff lawyers and staff uh, people for the particular senators uh, be able to go through everything and read the opinions and try to determine where the, the particular justice or nominated uh, uh, potential justice stands uh, on on an issue. Uh, I think there is some element of when you have senators, uh, obviously there is a, is a very political process, and so each side is going to want to present their political arguments, and there's in some ways sort of arguing through uh, the the nominee. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, a lot of grandstanding on both sides, and it, in particular, in particular, when you have a very significant midterm election coming up that could really uh, change uh, or hold the status quo. So that that's going to be uh, at play here. Uh, there's also the the issue of uh, with Merrick Garland not ever getting uh, a vote 
when he was nominated by President Obama. That that is going to factor into at least from the Democrats' perspective. It's like, hey, look, you guys held off and you wouldn't even let us have a vote for I think it was like 200 days. Uh, and then he never, we never even got a vote on that. And so now I think um, Mitch McConnell's like, well, hey, we need to move this through pretty quickly. Um, so I think there's some, there's some bad, bad blood there, obviously. Um, but again, these are very political, um, political appointments, and you'd expect pushback. It used to be that that you know Supreme Court nominees just kind of sailed through, and that all I mentioned the Bork. Um, issue that kind of changed with him um and a number of nominees after that kind of sailed through pretty yeah. pretty quickly because they did what borg didn't do and borg yeah. evidently he he told he was too honest about his background yeah. and now right. if you, even if you watch what's going on going to happen with kavanaugh they've all learned since borg to keep your mouth shut yeah. and just sit there and run the clock out you're an acc guy you know what it's yeah. like to run the shot clock right down. right that's it's what like they're the gonna do. four corners yeah um <laughs> so uh you know, I mean, I think that that may happen. I think there, and that's what happens a lot of time with these denominations is they um, will delay sort of what you know a thorough vetting of the um, the potential nominee. Now, I don't know to what extent the Democrats can delay things. You know, not show up. They could not show up for certain types of meetings that need to uh, that need to occur in order to get procedurally to get to, in a position to vote. But I don't think they have a lot of a lot of ability to really they can maybe slow things down a little bit but but not a whole lot i mean it used to be that the senate rules were just you know they're already have always been sort of strange and 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 very <clears throat> complicated and and they they most people that would look at them would think they were um that, that they were just obstructionists by nature but if you look at what the purpose of the senate is supposed to be kind of a uh, the cooler heads prevail, as they say. The House is sort of the more, you know, uh, kind of hot-headed branch uh, or part of the the House of Government, um, and the Senate is supposed to be more more deliberative. And I think you see that in confirmation hearings, although they've been sort of quicker um, in in recent years when you have them, but. Um, but it's going to be there are going to be a lot of fireworks. And there's an issue about whether or not um, the Republicans are going to be able to get the 51 votes needed uh, because, you know, McCain is not going to be able to vote likely because he's dying of brain cancer. Uh, and then whether or not Collins, Corker, Sass, Flake and Murkowski will all join on, join in and vote uh, that that's not really not really very clear, but I don't think they're going to bring it for a vote if they don't think they have the votes. I mean, that's the thing is vote counting is really important. And that, that is a, as they say in politics, kind of a dark art of knowing yeah. who's voting for you, who's voting against you. Well, Michael, forgive me. I'm from the South side of the border between the Carolinas and using my Palmetto state fire eating way of life here. I think a large part of this thing that's going to happen in the Senate is the word you just you just used was grandstanding. And yeah. if you think about it, a lot of the senators are lawyers by trade. And, oh, yeah. And lawyers like to talk. They do. <laughs> and sorry, I'm not a lawyer. I don't mean to offend you, but I just think a no, lot of them, I'm not offended. A lot of them are going to be grabbing that mic and grandstanding and, and showing their own legal 
expertise on this thing. So it, it right. it's going to play out and all that. Let's talk about you, if we don't mind. Let's switch over. Sure. From, you know, Brett Kavanaugh, who needs him anyway? We got you here on the Y'all Show. <laughs> okay, tell me, you said you uh, one of the things you specialize in is Social Security law, and I guess you, you go right. out and help people who aren't getting their correct benefits? Yeah, what it is is there, there are a lot of people in this country uh, that – uh, that have worked really hard and that do, you know, kind of physical type jobs. And by reason of physical or mental <clears throat> impairment or combination of all of those things, they are not able to work anymore. And so I've had a number of clients over the years who've had these types of cases. And so I, I handle them quite a bit. And it's, um, it's terrible the things people go through. The physical and psychological uh, torment that people endure is just uh, from all different walks of life. It's um, I, nothing really surprises me anymore because I just hear a lot of awful things that yeah. people go through. Well, of course, you help people out, and and then in, in addition to what you do, maybe going to court or, or working on behalf of your clients, you started this podcast. The podcast is called Legal Fact and Fiction, and you cover a lot of angles, and it's really I think kind of something you just kind of come up with routinely. It is. There's no rhyme or reason when you produce them. So how did you get right. going on this? Well, one of the things that I think um, lawyers are always trying to connect with people in a way that's uh, where they provide valuable information, but then something that people are going to want to hear. Uh, and if you get into these sort of uh, overly legal, legalistic kind of analyses, uh, people are not going to be as interested. So one of the things I wanted to try to do was to capture the the human story uh, behind things uh, and to try to get the, um, you know, capture some of the, the things that representative type uh, people that are representative of the types of clients that I have and want to try to capture uh, those uh, those stories. Uh, and in addition to that, there's some sort of commentary on um, on legal issues and um, legal slash political issues. And I also enjoy reading and, and writing. So I have a the fiction part of it is sometimes I'll do stories and sometimes I'll uh, review books that I've read that have sort of a legal uh, twist to them. I, I like to, I'm a big John Grisham fan. And so I've, I've talked about uh, some of his books and then Scott, I think a Scott Turow book I talked about. So I'm real big on, uh, reading about fictional lawyers and, and talking about them. And uh, so I, I enjoy doing that, enjoy doing that as well. And it's whenever I have time. I mean, it's, um, you know, my ten podcasts tend to be pretty short. And a lot of times I see where maybe even the Supreme Court, when they come up with a decision like recently with the travel, yeah. the travel ban that the Supreme Court, yeah. you, you, you jumped on your podcast and had something yeah. to say about that. So. Yeah, and, and I think that my sort of view uh, is somebody who represents people who get treated badly and are uh, don't get a lot of breaks in life. I, I try to be as sympathetic to people that, that as I can be, and so I my sort of overarching belief is about you know equality and treating people uh, fairly and not discriminating against people, and uh, and so I just. Um, Anytime I see any hint of that, it just it kind of gets my dander up a little bit. Uh, and so that that was sort of the, the view the the Muslim ban that I took. I mean, I I'm in a position as a, a, a you know, white male who's had a great education and, you know, all the advantages in life. I haven't had to deal with um, being discriminated against. And so 
when I see it with my clients and other people, I uh, try to do all that I can to, to help people that have, that really haven't had the same advantages. So um, whenever I see anybody that's treated badly, I just, it's hard for me to remain silent, which is maybe one of the reasons I became a lawyer. Yeah. Well, again, you're not only a lawyer, but you're out there with an opinion, which I love. A lot of times yeah. lawyers are a little scared to publicly share their beliefs right. and stuff. And, and you're crossing that line, which is good. I mean, you, lawyers yeah. are people too. I know that sounds crazy for some of you. Lawyers right. are people too. <laughs> and everybody's, right. everybody's got an opinion. They do. They do. And it's, um, and that's one of the things that makes this a great country is that mm -hmm. we, people have differing opinions and different viewpoints and, uh, nobody's necessarily right or wrong. It's just a question of, uh, it's a question of opinion and, and belief. And, uh, and, you know, I can respect somebody who has a different, different opinion than mine. I mean, right. that's, it's, as a lawyer, you learn to argue each side, uh, and see the, the relative strengths and weaknesses of, of, of your position. So I can see the strengths and weaknesses of my positions or try to at least. Well, as we close with you here, Michael, let me get the opinion that really probably is going to be the biggest one you're ever going to cast. <laughs> is Virginia going to have a good season this year? Is Wake Forest going to have a good season? Yeah, in in football or in basketball, or well, both. I don't want to talk about basketball for the Cavaliers. My goodness, what an absolute meltdown! Yeah, yeah. There, there's. We'll see what happens on that. Football. It's weird. I think it's. I would have never thought that Wake Forest would be better <laughs> than Virginia in football. Uh, Virginia used to have a good football team when I was in school, but that is. That's changed. I mean, they went to a bowl game last year, but getting blown out by Navy has sort of soured me a little bit on it. So we'll see. I like Bronco Mendenhall, though. I think well, he he knows what he's doing. Had a big win at Boise State last year. So uh, yeah, I was I was really happy about that. But yeah, we're we can't ACC just can't compete with the Southeastern Conference. When I mean Clemson can to some extent, but not like the. Man, SEC just always all their teams are good. I mean, even Vanderbilt's decent. I don't know about that, but yeah, uh, Wake Forest. Well, yeah, pulling for them. Uh, good to see them back in contention. I think they played in the Belk Bowl, and did they? They win? did. They, they beat Texas. Yeah, that's right. That, see, they can't compete. Michael, give the ACC yeah. some credit, man. Right, right. <laughs> well, we'll have a full ACC report on the Wednesday edition of y'all, and we'll talk SEC on Thursday. See, we try to be balanced here on the y'all yeah. and cover all of our southern teams but michael yeah. thank you again for being our guest on today's oh, show to. your blog is southern lawyer nc and the podcast you can get it in itunes legal fact and fiction michael wells jr counselor thank you very much thank you for having me i hope you have a great day and we hope you have one as well well that will conclude hour one of today's show sit tight when we come back from the y'all show We'll have Sports Lanyard, where we look at all things across the South, including a preview of the SWAC Conference. Believe it or not, they're having their media day this Friday in Birmingham, and we'll tell you about it. Plus, a SWAC team is going to get college football going on August 23rd. Yes, six weeks away from the start of college football. That's coming up in Hour 2. And we'll have Matt Herman's, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, coming on to talk about some great places to go if you're in the state of Texas. So we'll be back with Hour 2 right after this on The Y'all Show.
Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes for you to choose the font for the tattoo of your girlfriend's name, Tara. Uh, the swirly one. Begin tattooing and get a breakup text from Tara as you finish the last day. Can you make it Terra-dactyl or something? To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 tattoo minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to Geico. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Back into hour two on a Tuesday with the Y'all Show. <laughs> Hope you're doing well, John Rawl. And if you have a little bit of hunger pain, you might want to go grab a snack real quick because in just a few minutes, we're going to welcome in the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. Matt Hermans is going to talk about some grilling tips as well as some hot barbecue spots he's found in the Lone Star State. So remember, in Texas, they like their briskets, and we'll talk about briskets and maybe one of my favorites, uh, biscuits with barbecue. That's coming up in just a few, but right now on the Y'all Show, we're going to dive into the sports land yet, where we look around at other sports happenings, and uh, we'll focus on the Southwestern Athletic Conference, the SWAC, in just a second and give you a preview of that conference's upcoming football season, believe it or not. Only six weeks away from when a SWAC team kicks it off to start college football. Can you believe that? Man, football is fast approaching. Right now, we'll go to the University of Alabama, where linebacker Vandarius Cowan has been dismissed from the program for what Nick Saban described as a violation of team rules. Cowan appeared in seven games as a true freshman for the Crimson Tide in 2017. He was an ESPN 300 recruit and a native of Florida. 
the Florida native was missed part of spring practice while dealing with an academic issue and was charged last week with third-degree assault stemming from an incident at a Tuscaloosa bar, according to the Tuscaloosa News. Cowan off the Alabama football program, and we'll keep our eye on where he may end up next if he ends up anywhere. Now to the world of the NFL, and it was finalized Monday. The Carolina Panthers are officially now owned by hedge fund billionaire David Tepper. He bought the team for $2.275 billion. He got the team from founder Jerry Richardson, who was fined $2.75 million by the NFL for sexual and racial workplace misconduct just a few days ago. Tepper said he's thrilled to begin his new time as the Panthers owner. He's planning to keep the name Carolina Panthers and keep the team in Charlotte. So uh, he's got a lot of money and is going to evidently invest a lot into the franchise. He had been a part owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. David Tepper, now owner of the Carolina Panthers. And the day that he took over, the Panthers' COO, Tina Becker, who kind of took over for Jerry Richardson after he left the team unexpectedly. He, he kind of took off and rode off to the sunset quickly when all those allegations came his way. Well, Becker resigned after... Tepper's purchase was finalized Monday. So she's gone, and she was a little bit of a history maker, becoming a COO as a female, and actually started out in the Panthers organization as, I think, the cheerleading coach. So what a what a rise to, to the top of the food chain there for Becker, but she's out as COO of the Carolina Panthers. Also in the Queen City, and also this affects Texas as well, Tony Parker, the, the, the legendary basketball player for the San Antonio Spurs, I think he helped capture four NBA titles during his time in San Antonio for the Spurs. Well, just the other day, he signed a two-year, $10 million deal with the Charlotte Hornets, owned by Michael Jordan. And now Tony Parker, who is a fixture in San Antonio sports, and says he's going to maintain his ties to San Antonio, he's going to keep his house. He's going to, I think, still call it home. It's been a good place. I mean, he spent 17 years with the Spurs. But he's going to take the money and run to Charlotte because the, the Hornets are going to promise him more playing time. He was not getting enough playing time under Greg Popovich in San Antonio. And now he's going to jump over to the Eastern Conference of the NBA and play for the Hornets franchise that, frankly, needs all the help they can get. Parker is now 36 years old, and he won titles for the Spurs in 2003, 5, 7, and 2014. In fact, in 2007, he was the NBA Finals MVP. He's the third player in NBA history to play at least 17 seasons with one team before leaving. Can you name the other two? Both have Southern connections. One was... Hakeem Olajuwon, who played with the Rockets. I don't even remember where he left and went to after he was in Houston. He played for Houston for 17 seasons, and before that, he was part of the Houston Cougars NCAA basketball team. Lost to NC State in that crazy game in 1983, you might remember. The other player that was with the team for a long time before bolting, Louisiana Tech alum Carl Malone, the mailman who was with the Utah Jazz, I think he went to the Lakers. I think that sounds right after he left Utah. But, yes, the mailman and Hakeem Olajuwon, the only other two players that were with a team longer before leaving to go in their sunset of the career to play for another team. Tony Parker 
Now, a member of the Charlotte Hornets makes folks maybe want to watch the Hornets a little bit. The teal and purple. Yeah, go Hornets. Okay, now to college football on the little guys side. We love the little guys on the Y'all Show. And the Southwestern Athletic Conference with a proud history and a lot of teams like Jackson State and Grambling State and Alabama A&M and Normal Alabama, Alabama State, and just teams all over the kind of the western side of the south, but historically black colleges, proud of their football. And they're going to jump everybody else this week and get going with a football media days. That's right. This Friday in Birmingham, the SWAC will hold their media days at the refurbished Birmingham Marriott. <laughs> I know the SEC is going to get on it next week. And actually, the SEC, who historically have their media days in Birmingham, well, this year, they're going to Atlanta. So the SWAC's taking over Birmingham. Maybe the only media day in Birmingham this year is the SWAC. And they're going to announce the all-SWAC preseason teams prior to the start of the media day. And we want to tell you that some of the players for the SWAC teams that will be present in Birmingham this year, in case you're a fan of any of these teams, going to have Titus Howard. He's an offensive lineman for the Hornets of Alabama State. Going to have De Dennis Craig with the Southern Jaguars will be there. Perry Cargo, he's a defensive back with Grambling State. Alabama a and is going to send Jordan Bentley, their junior running back, to Beham for this. And Jackson State, Eric Bowl Bowie, a senior linebacker, plus various head coaches from the SWAC schools will be in Birmingham for media days this Friday in Birmingham. Check it out. We'd love for you to, if you're a fan of any of these schools, to go root them on. I've been to the SEC media days in Birmingham many times, and there's a lot of fans show up and get autographs and pictures and such. The SWAC last year, the Alcorn State Braves captured the East once again with a 6-2 and two conference mark. And Grambling, they won the West with an impressive 8-0 conference record and an overall mark of 11-2 in 2017. And the SWAC won by the Grambling State Tigers by a score of 40-32 in the championship game. That was the first time... Well, that Gremlin won back-to-back -back 2016 and 2017, but for a couple of years, Alcorn State had been the winner of this SWAC championship game, and, and we saw this last year was the third straight year that Alcorn and Gremlin played for the SWAC championship game, so they've been the winners of their respective divisions for three straight years. Can they do it for a fourth year coming up in 2018? The SWAC Conference is getting ready for another season, and Grambling State has won 10. They've won eight conference championships, evidently. Uh, they've been, been in the championship game 10 times, the Tigers, with their long and proud history. As we mentioned at the beginning of the segment, believe it or not, we're only six weeks away from the start of the SWAC getting college football going. And they're going to do this on August 25th. That's a whole weekend before Labor Day, and when most teams get going in college football, the Prairie View A&M Panthers are going to be traveling to Houston, and they'll be taking on Rice at 6 o'clock p.m. in the first college football game that I'm aware of. There may be a whole a couple of other college football games going on on August 25th, but Prairie View and Rice, the Owls and the Panthers, getting it going at 6 o'clock in Houston on August 25th. 
Now, the next couple of days after that is when most teams will get going. And on the Thursday before Labor Day week, the Thursday of Labor Day weekend, the Mississippi Valley State Delta Demons are going to be going to play the North Dakota Sioux Eagles. I'm not sure what their nickname is now. I think they're the Hawks, actually. But they'll be traveling to North Dakota for a game on Thursday, August 30th. And then on September 1st, the main day of college football, Tuskegee travels to Alabama State. Grambling State plays the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. Miles College travels to Huntsville to take on the Alabama A&M Bulldogs. On September 1st, UT Permian Bayesian travels to Texas Southern. Alcorn State goes to Atlanta to face off against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets on September 1st. Morehouse College plays UAPB on September 1st. And on September 2nd, which is going to be a Sunday, the North Carolina Central Eagles are going to be playing Prairie View. So Prairie View will have their second game already when Labor Day comes around. And they'll be playing on Labor Day, on the Sunday of Labor Day weekend, against North Carolina Central in a game played in Atlanta. And that's a look at the SWAC as we preview that conference as they get ready to get going here in six weeks. We'll go to a break. When we come back on the Y'all Show, Matt Hearman's the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, is going to come by and tell us all about queuing and what else is going on with the smokeheads of the world. That's next here on the Y'all Show. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I'm as happy as a clam. Disclaimer, GEICO cannot guarantee you will be, quote, as happy as a clam, unquote. The GEICO legal team cannot accurately verify clams even experience the complex human emotional state known as happiness. As an invertebrate mollusk living half-submerged on the ocean floor, with no arms, legs, or wireless access, what's there to be happy about? A clam's all like, oh, I'm so happy I didn't get turned into New England clam chowder today, pronounced regionally as chowder, chowder. Oh, that's so fun to say. What were we talking about again? GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. close out the Tuesday edition of the show and I'm glad to finally get to this point because I don't think I can handle it much longer I'm I'm hungry <laughs> and this fellow is going to get us all hungry with his barrister of bodacious barbecue report Matt Hermans is back on the y'all show to talk all things grilling and Q welcome back to y'all sir happy to be here man let's talk some barbecue really 
I thought we could talk about the World Cup and barbecue. I know you've been <laughs> actively out cooking when it's 100 degrees outside, getting ready for the big pick a country other than the United States playing in the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, don't you know it? Yeah, unfortunately, if you asked me who was still in the tournament, I probably couldn't tell you. Is it a tournament? Then. I mean, I'm, you know, soccer, they have their own kind of uh, lexicon. So I, I call it a tournament. I'm not sure what it's called but i couldn't tell you much about it anyway okay. what i do know i do do i can tell you about what kind of meat uh that i might cook if i was a soccer fan i guess uh, all right well please don't hold back i guess i mean you got uh you could go around the globe right i mean you throw some sausage on if you're a germany fan you know it's not well, too hard you, i think they got eliminated so we don't have to worry about that no see never mind see i'm at the end of my i'm at the end of my knowledge already so i guess we're gonna have to move on to something else they pulled a Virginia basketball type deal in the World Cup. They were the defending champion of the World Cup and they got beat pretty early. Remember, you know, I know you're all about football, but do you remember this past year the number one team in college basketball was the Virginia Cavaliers? Yes, I do. I think they lost in the first or the second round, didn't they? They 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 made history. They lost to a sixteen seed. A team and I called think they lost by about twenty five, didn't they? Maryland, Baltimore County. The retrievers yeah. beat them. That's right. Yes, I do remember that. I don't know if you were grilling during that March Madness or not, but yeah. No, I, I remember that game. That was pretty wild. But Deutschland has uh, gone back to Bonn or Berlin or wherever all they're from because they're out of the World Cup. But yes, uh, whatever the cases might be, I'm sure you've got meats from all over the world that could uh, go on the grill sure. for the World Cup. Let's talk something a little bit more American, if you don't mind. Yes, sir. I, I know you specialize the whole globe. But let's talk before we – in the next segment, I'm going to get you to pick two really good places for us to go check out. But right now, we'll focus more on the cooking aspect, and that's why we got Hearman's on to talk about everything involving, involving Q and, and cooking for chicken, chicken, grilling chicken, and all the other meats that he specializes in. Let's, let's start, like, cooking 101, okay? you got to have – a desire to do it, but you got to have the right tools, okay? And True. you're literally a guy I've seen with my own eye selling grills in, like, Sears and I don't know where, uh, Home Depot, I think I've seen you selling <laughs> grills, and you've been a representative all over the South selling grills. So uh -huh. help us all out. For those who haven't quite got into grilling now that July 4th over with, maybe there actually might even be some sales at Home Depot on grills what should we be looking for if we're a complete idiot when it comes to grilling, when it, when we go in there looking at grills? Well, you, I can You go, you, grill. I, I do. I, <laughs> not bad. I'm going to – I'll start up with kind of a grill, really brief grill 101. You've basically got three different kinds of, of cooking item, if you will. You've got a, a smoker, you've got a, a charcoal grill, and then a gas grill. Um, those it kind of all falls into one of those categories. I say for the, the person that wants to be able to cook anything and everything, uh, you know, a grill is probably the least the less uh, specialized version because grill is direct heat. And the only difference between a gas grill and a charcoal grill would be with the fuel you use. So, of course, a charcoal grill, you would use charcoal and put the grate above it and cook anything you want on top of that. And the gas grill uses propane coming up through tubes and, and you light your fire that way. So, there are uh, they're diehards for each one of those, charcoal or gas, but either one is going to get you heat to metal 
to to meet and you can be able to get it done so uh the, the only difference i would say is the oh, hold uh, on i'm taking notes yeah, uh yeah. All right, let me jot this down <laughs> heat to metal to meat that's one way to look at it absolutely um and you get your oh to uh, eat or, did you say heat metal to eat no i'm saying you got the heat you got to have your heat on the bottom yeah. whether you get that charcoal or gas is is uh, you know, a, a different uh, conversation, but then you got to heat up some metal item of some sort, which is the grate, and then you got to have meat on top of that grate. Uh, then, of course, you get your flavor when the fat comes out of the meat, goes down, and hits the flame or the charcoal, and gives you that puff of kind of smoke. That gives you that grilled flavor. It's ah. not just the heat. That's the key. So, convenience um, for the for the everyday uh, person that wants convenience, a gas grill is pretty tough to beat. You basically hook up your propane bottle and you hit the button and you got heat in the middle. You got heat on the left. You got heat all across. Very easy for the, for the more traditional folks. Um, the charcoal, uh, you can't really match that kind of flavor, but it takes a little bit longer. You've got to light your coal in a chimney or maybe in a pile and then spread it out. It's a little more work, but, uh, they, they impart different flavors, but for, uh, you know, for anybody, uh, for the guy who just wants to get out there and get rolling, it's hard to beat a gas grill, a little more expensive, obviously, than a charcoal. But the, uh, uh, you know, the convenience factor is there for sure. And, Matt, we live in a world where we've got wildfires all over the place and people are worried about pollution. What do you do with your charcoal when you're not using it and it's done? I mean, what, what do you do if you don't live out in the country and can't dispose yeah. of it? That's a pretty good question. You don't know it is. It all burns, you know, I, I expect nothing less. It, it all burns down essentially to, to ash, and ash is a very good fertilizer if you've got a garden, if you've got um, a mulch or a, what do you call it, a, a, a pile, a, um, a pile where you kind of you get everything down to compost, you know, it works for that as well. I typically um, will take it and either put it in a trash can, put it in a trash bag and, and just get, dispose of it that way, or I'll put it in our flower beds and kind of water it in because it is – Charcoal ash is a good fertilizer, but as long as it's cooled down, you don't even have to wet it down. You leave it uh, for a couple hours. It'll cool down, burn down to ashes, and you can pretty much dump it into a sack and dispose of it that way. It will get all over the place. It, you know, it'll get in the air and, and make your face gray. Ah. If you will. We're talking with Martha Stewart. Uh, excuse me. We're talking with Matt Hermans, the <laughs> barrister of Bodacious Barbie. Hey, put, putting stuff in your garden? I'm impressed you even have flower beds and gardens and such. Hey. Way, way to go. Well, my wife's a green thumb, and I have the charcoal thumb, so it works out. Wow. No wonder y'all's marriage is a success. One that I was able to bless myself, by the way. That's right. That's right. Fingers crossed. All right. Well, we've talked about charcoal. We've talked about gas grills to some degree. What's the third type? The smoker. So the the, the smoker is a totally different beast. The smoker is uh, allows, um, when you talk about cooking large pieces of meat, like ribs, like a pork shoulder, like a brisket, whole chicken, things like that. Um, a smoker is a specially designed um, cooking device that people cook barbecue on. And the, the difference is basically you cook indirectly. So on a, on a charcoal grill or a gas grill, anything called a grill, you're cooking direct. You've got the heat directly into the meat product, and then you put the, the meat product directly over the heat so you get a direct heat. On a smoker, you're cooking indirect, which is kind of the baseline uh, foundational aspect of barbecue, which is low heat, uh, smoke, and uh, large pieces of meat. So you've got to cook indirectly. Smokers can be side to side. In other words, you have your fuel source on the side and the heat flows through uh, the tube. That's a, that's what you call a stick burner. Then, of course, you have smokers that are more like a barrel where you have the, 
the heat uh, source way on the bottom. You have something in the middle like water or sand, and then you've got your meat on the top, and the two things are far apart, so you can cook it at a very low temperature. That's a smoker. That's for cooking long, low, and slow. That's for making barbecue. Okay, well, let me ask you this question. I get charcoal. You light some charcoal, it burns. I get a gas grill. You light the the, the propane gas up, and it, it, it burns. What makes a smoker actually do something? Yeah. Okay. So you can burn different kinds of fuel. Uh, different parts of the country do it differently, but the general rule is you want to have some type of coal, whether it's a charcoal or if you want to burn wood down to coal, that's kind of your baseline heat. And then a lot of people burn wood. In fact, wood is uh, the, the the flavor and smell of burning wood is obviously something we think of when we think of barbecue. Very, very important. So um, you can burn wood only. That's what uh, people who are quote-unquote stick burners do. They just burn wood. It burns them into charcoal, and that's kind of their basis. You add wood when you need it. Some people like charcoal. I happen to like lump charcoal, uh, but I also add wood to it as well, kind of adjust how much wood smoke I want to get into the meat. Um, so as long as you – it's the same uh, same basic concept. You're going to burn some type of coal, which, of course, is burned wood anyway, or you're going to burn coal and wood, or you're going to burn just wood and burn it down to – burn it down to coal but you got the same sort of heat source it's just far away and a lot cooler matt i need to ask a serious question here and be honest with me all right are you a stick burner <laughs> can i take the fifth <laughs> <laughs> the way you put that john i feel like i need to talk to my attorney before i answer that well go look in the mirror hey <laughs> You you smokeheads have your own terminology. It's it's serious stuff. But hey, all you got to do is go to a place like Memphis and May, and you see how serious this kind of stuff is. And that's for the people that got to Memphis and May. The, the qualifications for that are all over the country, and there are more yeah. events than Memphis and May. I mean, it's a huge business. It, are, it is a it is a huge thing. You're right, and you're right. Memphis and May is kind of like the Super Bowl. So you see. You don't get to see the regular season. You no. just see the fun of the game there, and that's that's the way it is. Yeah, there's a lot of big events like that. Hey, and when it comes to barbecuing, Matt, I even like the preseason. <laughs> it's true. I do, too. I like preseason. I like postseason. As long as it's seasoned, it's good with me. Yeah, uh, that's what I, I – yeah. As we say down here in Dixie, <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. Now, do most of your chain stores sell all three types of grills? Generally, yes. If you go to a place like a Lowe's or a Home Depot, some outdoor place like that, you're going to be able to find a smoker, you're going to be able to find a charcoal, and you're going to be able to find a gas grill. Absolutely. As far as uh, selections, uh, I can't tell you how, how deep and diverse the selection is going to be, but you're going to be able to find, absolutely, you're going to be able to find uh, a smoker, a grill, and a charcoal grill any place you go, absolutely. All right. Well, let me ask you this, because we have chain stores all over. We know who they are. But what about our little fellows, the guys that have the smaller grill shops, maybe even some of the Ace Hardwares of the world? Is there some kind of advantage we can find by going to the smaller guys that have grills for sale? You, you know what? There is. And I'm a big proponent of, of shopping uh, small, as they say. That's a little buzzword they use now. They also use something called shop local. Yeah, that's right. Shop local, shop small. It's all the same concept, basically supporting the little guy in your in your community. So there is, you're going to have, uh, from what I've experienced over the years, you're going to have a higher level of customer service. You're going to be able to walk into a smaller store with a couple employees who are, who are knowledgeable, and they're going to be able to point you to exactly what you want to know. 
about um, where you, you generally don't get that in, in a large box store. You better know exactly what you're looking for and exactly what to do with it once you get in there. Um, and if you can find somebody to help you, that's fantastic, but sometimes you can't. So not, nothing against the big guys. Everybody goes there. We all know who they are, but uh, there's a certain level of service I think you get from a smaller uh, hardware store and a, a different level of knowledge, I think, as well. Personal involvement. If you talk to the owner or someone who knows the owner, uh, they're, they're uh, kind of a, a more of a vested interest. I think it's a better shopping experience, John. Yep. All right. So we know that if you want a smoker, that's going to be pretty much more for cooking barbecue if you want good hamburgers and steaks and and maybe some type of other barbecue offerings, then you've got your charcoal and your gas option, and Absolutely. you you see advantages of both, right? I do, and I have both, uh, as you I'm sure you're shocked to hear. But uh, yeah, on a on a day to day basis, uh, you can do a lot of different things with a grill. Um, a, a smoker is a uh, is a very uh, as a specialty item for sure uh, you've got to really uh, love to barbecue large pieces of meat like i say ribs shoulder brisket and it takes a long time you're not gonna be able to fire the smoker up to cook a couple burgers it just doesn't work that way plus you want that direct heat under those hamburgers you want that uh, that direct contact with the flame to get that grilled flavor you're not going to get the same type of taste smoking a, smoking a hamburger. But you can do just about anything on a grill. You can do chicken thighs. You can do chicken breasts, burgers, pork chops. 90% of the things somebody would think about grilling, you can be able to knock out on a charcoal or a gas grill. It just comes to that traditional you know, barbecue, low and slow, cooking for 7, 8, 9, 10 hours at a time that you're going to want that smoking for. Well, if you were like me last year, I lived in a rural setting. I didn't even have a grill. Isn't that pathetic? I did not have a grill, so Matt, I had to learn how to cook hamburgers and steaks, not on a grill, but over the stovetop. And, wow. and And I know that sounds terrible, but I actually got it to where it was not that bad of an experience. However, I have to tell you, and I doubt this will happen with a grill, but the Claremont Fire Department was called out the first time I used it to cook a steak because I had my pot too hot. And I put that yeah. steak in there, and the place turned into a smokestack. <laughs> and I didn't have a, a vent. This was an old farmhouse. It didn't have an air vent to blow, oh blow the smoke out. So uh, no the, the, the fire department, which was about a half a mile away, came roaring down to my place, and I was very embarrassed. For a little piece of steak, <laughs> the, about five grown men in the fire truck had to come embarrassed. You know? It'll it'll do it. There are there. Are, I'm not surprised. There are ways to cook a steak. People, some people do them in a cast iron skillet. Of course, I'm partial to the grill myself, but there is a way to do it. But if you don't watch out, yeah, you will. You will smoke out your house. There's well, no doubt about that. I only bring that up if you're listening to us and you don't have the luxury of having a grill for whatever reason, be it that you're cheap or you just have a bad living situation, but you still have access to some kind of grill, a, a stovetop at least then you can still do some of this cooking and it may not be quite as good, but it's still better than going to a fast food joint. That's my whole point. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. We're talking with Matt Hermans on the y'all show. We're going to bring the heat with Matt after the break as we're going to get his double dose of great barbecue joints that you must check out as he's been all over to the South looking at barbecue joints and he researches them on a hourly basis all over the south and i want to see what he's got dug up for this week's y'all 
on as we come back. We'll get that information from Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue on the Y'all Show. Hang on. Hi, Tom Bodette, coming to you from one of those open offices. They're designed to make it easier to share ideas and, apparently, the details of Cody the intern's love life. So if you're looking for some space to call your own, try Motel 6. They have the low prices you've come to expect, plus the peace and quiet you so desperately crave. I'm Tom Bodette from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. And Cody, you can do better. Book online at motel6.com. Hey, this is Shaq. When I was playing ball, our team doctors helped me overcome pain with something called TENS therapy. And I see how Smart Relief is that same kind of therapy. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that immediately start blocking pain. Back, hip, knee, or shoulder pain. Even works for hours after you turn it off. Man, this Smart Relief so smart, they should call it Shaq Relief. Ooh, I like that one. Somebody write that down for me. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Get my lawyer on the phone. You need to patent that. Use only as directed. I remember walking round the court square sidewalks, looking in winds at things I couldn't want. There's Johnson's hardware and Marvin's jewelry and the old Kings pot that carry. They were the little man, the little man. I go back now, the stores are empty Except an old Coke sign dated 1950 Boarded up like they never existed Or renovated and called historic districts There goes the little man There goes the little man Back into the final segment of the Y'all Show here on this Tuesday And that the sound of Alan Jackson and Little Man, we were talking in the previous segment about the retail stores out there that aren't the big box chain stores. And we salute our little men and women who are in business across the South. And what a great song by Alan Jackson. That song was written in the late 90s when he went on the road. He and his wife were having some issues. And Alan just got in the car, left Nashville, went driving around Tennessee and Georgia and really went through some towns that he hadn't been through in a long time places off the interstate and it was amazing to see town squares with a lot of empty stores but he saw the little man still out there fighting hard and we salute the little man well matt hermans is our own little man he's also the barrister of bodacious barbecue and here in our final segment of the tuesday y'all show we're going to get matt to switch over from some tips about which grill to purchase to where do we need to go sit down and have some good barbecue so matt Reach into the Hearman's bag and pull us out two good places to highlight on today's y'all show. Well, fantastic. Uh, I, I will, we talked a little bit about a couple of places in Memphis last week or last time we were on. And so we'll move over to uh, my home state over in Texas and we can jump around uh, as many times in as many states as we want as time goes by. But yes. I, I think Texas is interesting because um there's several different regions of barbecue and i think the two main regions would be central texas and east texas and i've got a couple great uh, barbecue joints that i like to to visit anytime i'm in those areas so i'll start off with uh 
Lockhart. There's a town called Lockhart. It's in central Texas. Where's that it's near? Very it is close. It's kind of close to San Antonio and Austin. It's it's kind of between it, but it's a little bit southeast of Austin. So it's dead center in that central Texas area. And it's famous for barbecue. There's three uh, three different barbecue joints there. There's Black's, there's Smitty's, and there's Kreitz Market. And uh, they do Central Texas barbecue, which is salt, pepper, oak smoke, low and slow, primarily focused on beef. Um, they do do ribs, but they're also just salt, pepper, and oak. Uh, I think the thing to get when you're in Central Texas is, is, is beef, which is barbecue brisket. And uh, I would focus on Kreitz Market. Kreitz Market does what you call a... Um, a full slice of brisket. So you have the point and the flat together. Now the point is the fattier piece of meat, which I prefer. And the flat is kind of the leaner piece of meat, which you probably think of when you think of brisket, but they serve both of them together. And when it's cooked properly, you've got the lean, uh, smoky and salty kind of flat going on. And then you've got the fattier, creamier, uh, barky point, which kind of falls apart in your mouth, which is absolutely delicious. It's kind of like a smoky meat butter. Uh, Kreitz is my favorite in Lockhart. That's kind of the Central Texas. Why? Why over the other two establishments are they well, the, number one on your list? For me, I like their brisket point. I'm a big fan of the point. It is it is hard to cook. It is a, uh, a lot of collagen, a lot of connective tissue, a lot of fat in the brisket point. Um, but they serve it together. A lot of them trim the point off, and they give you the flat because that's what most people like. But people who are, I think, who are really um, – Kind of deep into barbecue, uh, like the point. It's a harder, it's a harder piece of meat to cook, and when it's done right, it really does melt in your mouth. It's kind of a smoky, creamy meat butter, and Kreitz does it best. They do not separate it. They don't throw the point out. They give it to you. In fact, they focus on it. I'm a big fan of that. When you get that crusty salt and black pepper on the outside with that oak smoke, um, on a on a perfectly cooked, fatty, creamy piece of brisket point, uh, that's about as good as beef gets. Um, they have sausage and they do ribs. They, um, uh, they have uh, no sauce, no sides. You basically get your meat on a piece of paper. Uh, you get your drink, get your nice cold big red, something like that. Uh, that's a pretty good meal there. And that's about as central Texas as it gets. If you're ever around that area, I'd say stop off at Kreitz. And that's spelled K-R-E-U-Z. Uh, it's an old Czech name. It doesn't, not exactly phonetic. Um, but hey, then hey, if we go, let me, yes, let me plug their website. I'm sure they have sauces and such people can order online. Mm-hmm. K R E U Z market.com. And I don't want you to go on to the next place without something you just mentioned, which for you might be a smokehead and love grilling. Well, I love drinking. And did I not hear you just say big red? <laughs> I love big red. You, you've, you've had big red, John. I, I have not seen Big Red except for this past week. I was at a White Castle, and they had a special Big Red. I mean, it was like all by itself at the White Castle hamburger joint outside of Nashville. I I think it must be a Yankee drink, but are you telling me it's a Texas drink too? No, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, uh, it's a one of the original Dr Pepper family before uh, ah. Dr Pepper became big. So yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a tasty beverage. How would you describe it? I didn't have it. Oh, oh. Well, uh, I would describe it as kind of a cinnamon bubble gum flavor. Like it's I said, they had their only. It almost looked like a beer tap, specifically mm-hmm. for Big Red. And then they had the fancy machine that you see now with like thirty 
uh, pro- probably like a hundred different choices with Coke and Fanta. Oh yeah. And then, yes, sir. And I went in there and got me a Coke because I'm like, I, I don't want to have that White Castle <laughs> Yankee Ohio drink. No, and no. here you are educating us all that Big Red, yes, which I've seen in the in the grocery stores in like a two liter bottle. I've just never seen it mm-hmm. like on tap. Yeah, it's kind of an old old drink. You don't see it everywhere, but uh, it's at a lot. There are a lot of barbecue joints in Texas where you can still get a cold Big Red off the fountain, and it's pretty. It's pretty good. It's uh, it reminds me of my uh, childhood. Nothing really tastes like Big Red, and so you just got to try it. Okay. Well, I, I'm sorry I didn't risk it, and I Next apologize. Time. White Castle, I please forgive me. All right, I'll shut up about <laughs> drinking. Back to your barbecue talk. Go. Yeah. What? Fantastic. Well, uh, so that's kind of uh, that's one of my central Texas choices, and that's uh, beef centric, uh, salt, pepper, and oak, low slow. Uh, that's central Texas barbecue. But East Texas is very different. East Texas is uh, uh, very people love the sauce. They, they 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 do not like the sauce in Central Texas, but people in East Texas love sauce, sweet sauce, tangy sauce, spicy sauce. They love sauce, and it's also a little bit more pork centric. So you get a lot of pulled pork. You get a lot of uh, even sliced pork shoulder in East Texas, you get a lot of ribs. A lot of places are focused solely on ribs in East Texas as opposed to being brisket-centric. So um, East Texas being about the eastern third of the state that you can kind of roughly define by the Piney Woods area. But um, there, there is a are lot we, of, Are we including Houston in this? I would not include Houston. I would say East Texas starts just north of Houston. Houston is uh, is southeast Texas. I would cruise over from Houston to Beaumont. That's a little bit different. That's okay. uh, got a little bit more of a um, Cajun flair, if you will. But East Texas is basically anything north of Houston um, and then east uh, of Dallas, if you had to draw a, 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 a square, if you want to. But there's there's some great places over there. It's a totally different kind of barbecue my favorite, in fact, my favorite place in the state of Texas is uh, Stanley's Barbecue in Tyler. And it has been around for a very long time. The pitmaster over there used pecan wood. He he does pulled pork. They do do beef brisket, and it's pretty good. But their ribs, um, they've got kind of a complex sweet rub on the ribs that gives it a nice crust. And like I say, they don't use that oak wood. They use pecan Um and or hickory which is kind of an east texas thing as opposed to the oak it tastes very different so um stanley's in east texas is a great little joint if anybody is ever cruising through tyler texas which is a beautiful town and i just stop by stanley's they've got live music all kinds of different drinks on tap john really uh, absolutely e- even big red I'm, i would guarantee they have big red that's kind of an east texas favorite now i can't i, I hadn't been there for about a year so i don't want to tell you 100 percent. but uh they've got all kinds of fountains so you may enjoy that as well but they've got pulled pork sandwiches their barbecue sauce is is, is fantastic and like i say they got the sweet smoky kind of pork ribs that, that i really enjoy but in east texas we're talking with matt hereman's the barrister of bodacious barbecue what a job you've got. I'm so envious. Why didn't I think of that? Matt, i got to ask you, the, yes, nor- the norm, it sounds like, in East Texas, which is really more like the South, you got Texas, all these different parts, but East Texas is more like uh, Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina, blah, 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 with at least their barbecue selections. I would agree. Most people eat pulled pork, not not brisket. Is that Did I hear I you right? Say- I wouldn't say most, but that is where that is where most of the pork uh, shoulder is cooked and pulled is in East Texas okay. and along 
honestly along the coast in southeast Texas as well. You're not going to see a lot of pork shoulder in central Texas. You'll see it uh, in north Texas. You'll see it a lot in east Texas, but um, a lot more, a lot more rib focused, um, a lot more sauce focused. Uh, people like it sweeter, just tea, all that kind of stuff you would imagine mm-hmm. um, in that region. But yeah, east Texas is a totally different kind of barbecue. There is still a lot of brisket. People eat all brisket, but a lot of times they like it chopped. Uh, with barbecue sauce so it's almost like a uh, a sloppy joe if you will that's kind of a thing in texas a chopped beef sandwich is pretty mm. pretty popular darn it i told you I, I didn't know if i was gonna be able to make it through this segment talking with you because i'm 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 starving and you're making it worse <laughs> so we're gonna wrap this thing up here with you but just good information to know wherever you are in texas there's i mean there's good barbecue all over texas we don't want to discount that but <laughs> matt's just very savvy on some of the prime places and in tyler and lockhart we got you covered now if I've, got you don't, the, I've got the waistline to prove it john yeah now i do have to give a plug because i you and i had a discussion on on uh, texting the other day about our place in nacogdoches that has a great variety of food not just uh, probably barbecue but they've got yes. seafood and all that what's the name of it butcher boy butcher boy are you sure I, bl- I believe that's the place. It's over. It's yeah. It's right downtown. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It's Clear Springs. Clear Springs. Clear Springs. That sounds more like. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Clear Springs has a couple of locations, including Tyler. And then didn't they have one in Midland or somewhere crazy like that? Um, you told me it's in West Texas. I think yeah. there is one in West Texas. Yeah, which yeah, is a, yeah. Great. Way yeah. off the beaten path. I can't speak for that one, but in Nacogdoches, home of the Lumberjacks, by the way, go Jacks. Right, Axum Jacks. Yeah, they uh, have a great little restaurant there. But I'm sure there's some good Q in Nacogdoches, Texas, too. Not to be confused with Nacogdoches, Louisiana, which we're going to get you to cross over the, what's the river between Louisiana and Texas? The uh, Red Red River, or the uh, Sabine, Sabine River. Yeah, you go, Sabine River. And Red River is kind of up on the... Goes into Louisiana as well. But, uh, yeah, the Sabine River uh down near orange to texas we, we're gonna have to get you to cross over into louisiana at some point and get us some good louisiana barbecue choices I'd too be happy. i'd be happy to is that asking too much no sir i've done some little research if you want to call it research i've done it over there i'm in louisiana quite a bit all right well good that's why we got you on here you're going to be our surfer of q and you're just going to surf around the south getting us good places now before I let you go, you you brought up Big Red when you were in Lockhart. Any other special thing when we're in Tyler at your spot in Tyler besides the the, the Q and the brisket that we definitely need to mix in with our meal? They've got a heck of a pecan pie. Ah. If you like if you like pecan pie, it's one of the best slices you can get. I don't like pecan pie, but I love pecan pie. <laughs> That's a whole other episode, John. Yeah. That's a whole other episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, I let you get away with all this pecan wood cooking, but at some point I needed to throw in there that that, that that's the great civil war in the South is how to pronounce the word P-E-C-A-N. Oh, it's it's P-U-H-K-A-N, is it not? I don't think so. But that's, that's another story. But whatever <laughs> the case, that pie right. that you mentioned, did they serve it warm or cold? It's room temperature. Oh, that's the way temperature. I like it. Okay. Yeah, that's the way I like it. Well, that is one of the great things about the south especially in the summertime my goodness we're in the middle of july now and we've got uh pecan pecan whatever choice you want to use of words 
and it is a delicious thing, especially you don't have to room temperature these days, Matt, means it's probably a little on the warm side, which is. That's true. Well, that's why you hope it's inside in the AC. Or else. <laughs> Before we go, John, here's my uh, uh, pecan pecan parting shot. I was told one time that a pecan is a nut and a pecan is something people used to use in an outhouse. Oh, that's the uh, first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> I'm sure it's the first time you've ever heard it. I'm happy to share it. No, it's not the first time I've I've been hearing it all my life. But I didn't hear it on the east side of the Chattahoochee River. I have a theory that if you're from east of the Chattahoochee, this is actually funny. i got to throw this in here before we get out of here. If you're from the east side of the Chattahoochee River, I'm talking South Carolina, most of Georgia, and I guess North Carolina, most people say pecan. If you're from the west side of the Chattahoochee River, it's pecan. Huh. And guess what? Last year, I just mentioned the Claremont Fire Department helped me out. That's in North Georgia, about three or four miles from the Chattahoochee River. I lived yeah. within earshot of the Chattahoochee last year in North Georgia. So I'm right there in no man's land of the word P-E-C-A-N, right? Yes. And, and guess what I found right there on the borderline of the south, where the south is either pecan or pecan. You know how they said it there? How? Pecan. <laughs> pecan. I think, I think you might have proven your hypothesis. There. Not, not pecan and not pecan. It's pecan. That's the ultimate diplomatic pronunciation, I guess. So I think I'm right on that. I need to sell my patent on how to pronounce the word. Matt Hermans, talking Q, talking pecan, pecans, and more right here on the Y'all Show. Have a good rest of your day, and we'll see you at a grill real soon. Enjoyed it, John. Thank Uh, you much. Good stuff with the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. Well, that'll put the grill down on today's show. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. We'll talk ACC football. We'll get you the latest on headlines across Dixie. That and much, much more on the Y'all Show. I'm John Rawls signing off, y'all. We'll see you tomorrow. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. (sighs) Moving expenses. There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. 
you need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes for you to choose the font for the tattoo of your girlfriend's name, Tara. Uh, the swirly one. Begin tattooing and get a breakup text from Tara as you finish the last day. Can you make it Terra-dactyl or something? To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 tattoo minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to Geico. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance.